So we're reviewing Tafchavav now, and we're taking it at the Tanra um, Bana at the bottom of the page on Daf. Uh, our review on the bottom of Tafchav Hey Amid Beis. We're talking about the Chasan. We're, we're talking about the groomsmen. It's interesting, you know. Uh, these things go in and out of favor. The the idea of having Shushbinin. Um, and uh, nowadays, if you go to a wedding, you will only see, like in very modern weddings, it's like, oh, he's a groomsman, and they walk down the aisle, the friends of the chassan. Um It's like unusual. But uh, like in more yeshivish circles, there's no such thing, you know. Oh. And, uh, and But the Gemara talks about it, I'm saying. It was at least in vogue in the time of the Gemara. It was a real job. It's still there. I'm just saying it's interesting. I'm just, I'm just, I'm yeah. commenting how it's interesting how these things go in and out of uh, uh, favor somehow. Anyway, but the bottom line is the the chas and the shushpin and all the bnei chupa, according to the first opinion, they are not obligated in tefillah. They don't have to worry about davening. They don't have to worry about tefillah. Uh, but Shabbat, uh, Kriyashma, they, they still have to do. They do have to yeah, say Kriyashma. Uh, and Reb Shila says that's only for the Shushbinin and the Bnei Chupa that they have to say Kriyashma. Shushbinin is the groomsman. You know what that is? Like the, the best the, the man. Shoymer. Yeah, the best, you know, like at a wedding, the, the best, best man. Shoymer, no? Right, those are like the good friends of the of the Does chasen. it mean only the good friend could you come to those weddings, you know, the guy that could the yeshiva... And then the whole yeshiva comes as a unit. And as they, a unit, that's, and that's just and, that's that's celebrating all, with that's the chasan. Yeah, but a shushbinin sounds to me like it's a, an actual job. I, I don't really see very, that. But I, I've seen that uh, among very religious uh, groups, they have a shoimer. A shoimer, yeah, that's oh, a different thing. Story. That's a different thing. That's not shushbinin. Maybe shushbinin serve as a shoimer also. But a shushbinin is a groomsman. I don't know what it, I don't know where it comes from. I'm not sure exactly what the basis, you know. But these are the people that are like escorting the chasan to the chuppah. They're the ones who are like, you know, encouraging, giving him the encouragement of uh, what he's about okay. to do. Don't so that's run away. Yeah, don't right. Make sure that he don't that he, get cold feet. Don't get cold feet. Exactly. Those are very okay. important jobs. Okay. Um, okay, now Reb Shilo says that the chasan is, is also butter from Krishma, it's just everybody else is having Krishma. Okay, next we saw from Pchanani ben Akavya, says that somebody who writes Sifri Torah, writes Tfilin, Mezuzis, not only the writers, but even the people who sell Sifri Torah, Tfilin, Mezuzis, not only the people who wholesale, but also the people who retail Sifri Torah, Tfilin, Mezuzis, they're also butter from uh, anybody who is Isaac in Melechah Shemayim is Potter from uh, is Potter from Kriyashma, Tvila, Tvilin, and all mitzvahs in the Torah <laughs> to fulfill the sheet of Rabbi Yosef Glili who says that Isaac be mitzvah is Potter min mitzvah, which is wild, really amazing thing that Isaac mitzvah. The Gemara brings down that what we mean by Isaac Melechah Shemayim is even including Meichrei Tchelas, people who are selling Tchelas, Potter. And all those obligations. Now, oh, the Gemara then qualifies. He says that the Gemara says that uh, people who travel just they're traveling on Sukkot during the day. So during the day they don't need to worry about Sukkot, but at night they do because they're not traveling at night. 
if they travel at night, then at night they don't need to worry about sukkah, but during the day when they're not traveling, they do have to worry about a sukkah. Um, but if they travel both day and night, they're not chayv in sukkah. Finished. Neither day nor night. Now, what if they're traveling for a dvar mitzvah, then they're potter from sukkah both day and night, even if they're not traveling day and night. There's a special idea that since you're worried about the mitzvah that's coming, mm-hmm. so you're potter from sukkah. From sukkah. And that's the uh, story with Rav Chizda and uh, Rabbi Baravuna. When they were traveling to study Torah, to, to learn Torah from the, from the Reish Galusa and to greet him, so they did not bother to sleep in a sukkah, even though they weren't traveling at night. They slept on the open riverbed or whatever, near the, near the river, the river's edge. And, um, and that's the, because they're shluchim mitzvah, pater from sukkah. Interesting. Next, we talked about... Rabbi, yeah. Just, just a quick one. Do you remember earlier we, we had the story about the Rabbanan who left Israel, I guess, went to Rome, and they went by boat? Yes. And it was sukkah time. We are going to save those guys. Mm. And they put up a sukkah on the boat. Right. Why did they do that? They it sounds like they didn't have to. That's what you're saying. Well, were, maybe they were not to the Mitzvah at What? They're not Yuchay Mitzvah at all. What were they going for? They were going to visit their mother. That's what, you can't get a mitzvah. Oh, it's That's a, a big mitzvah. Yeah, I said the wrong thing. <laughs> they're going, going, to going to collect some debt. What do you mean, they're going on a cruise? They're going to collect some debt. They're going they're on, on a cruise, on a cruise. They were going for a cruise, right. Sure. Why not? Sure. Uh, by the way, that's, that's a mitzvah. Because you have to relax enough to be able to come back and study harder. Okay, okay. So anyway, bottom line is, yeah, you might be right. All I'm saying. I is. was once in a cruise. Yes. And it was a circus. Yeah. The these big cruises companies they worried about having putting a little sukkah. They put a sukkah in a cross, and there was a group of you know cabalistic uh, these guys Kabbalah center guys. Mm-hmm. That with, with them, we did a minion, and they brought us a fertility into the ship. The captain gave us his uh, quarters. His quarters, and that was where you had the show. have the minion. It was very interesting because they brought us the fertility, but nobody was able to, to read, read it. it. <laughs> so I had to... You did your best, huh? I did my, my biggest effort, one of them, my biggest efforts in life. Uh-huh. You know, with the homage next to me. To I know, it's very hard. It's not the best, but. These guys were very interesting. You know, you heard about them, no? Yeah, sure, I know them. Yeah. They are Jews, so. Okay. There you go. Anyway, alright, let's continue. Next thing we saw. Okay, a person who's a guard. So he's guarding the city during the day, he's night. If um, if he's uh, guarding the gardens or the orchards, you put there in the both day and night. And the Gemara says, what do you mean? Why not just make a sukkah and then you could guard from in the sukkah? So the Gemara says two answers. First is Abai's answer that it's not Teshvul Kentaduru. You're not uh, going to be able to be in the sukkah like you would normally do in your house in, when you're in the field. So it's not practical, that's one. All Rabbi says is that you're inviting the Ganav to come wherever your sukkah isn't. So it's not going to be a very good job watching the thing. Okay. What happens um, if there is a sakana to sleep in the, in the sukkah? Sakana, because you're outdoors. 
So what do you want to know? What if it's a danger? Yes. So what's your question? If you should. Are you mechuyav when there's a danger? So what do you think? No. You're not obligated. Well, if it's a real life-threatening danger, I would, then nothing is overriding that except for the gimel, the three very major uh, uh, prohibitions. But um, if it's just like a little bit of a risk, so then there's a question, you know, like uh, at some point, you know, you say, okay. I'll take it. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, what do you mean? It's a, you know, it's like what? Maybe an animal could come, you know, there's a lot of maybes, you know what I'm saying? Like It's not like a undue risk. That's the different story. You know, people go camping all the time. A bear might walk in on them too, you know, but I'm saying it doesn't hold people back from camping. So that's your excuse not to make a sukkah? I don't know. That's not going to work. All right. Anyway, bottom line is, practical difference between these two answers is um, if you're watching something that you have full view of, even from the sukkah, then if the reason is because it's not protecting very well, so it is. But if the reason is is because it's Teshvush came to Dura, then that would still be Pater. Next group is, we talked about the people who are sick and the people serving them. We said they're also not obligated in sukkah. And sick doesn't mean deathly ill. Sick means that he's uncomfortable, he's in a state of discomfort. Um, it talked about example of chash be'enav, he has eyes, eyes bothering him. Or chash birosho, he has a headache. Those people are put from sukkah, not only them, but also the people who are their caretakers. Story goes, Rabbi Shim Gamliel, he says that I, w- I had uh, such a problem in Caesarea, and Rabbi Yossi ben Chalafta, Rabbi Yossi ben Ribi, uh, permitted me to sleep with my caretaker outside the sukkah. Rav allowed Rav Achabardala to sleep in a, uh, in a, in under a canopy inside the sukkah to protect him from the mosquitoes. Okay, so they see this uh, similar, right, reminds me of uh, sukkahs here in Houston. Okay, you know, how you deal with the mosquito problem is always a big question. Okay. Um, Rava allowed Rabbi Achabar Bar Ada to sleep outside the sukkah because of a smell. It was a foul smell in the sukkah, and that was also considered mitzdair. Okay? Um, and that's Rava Lashitasa who says mitzdair is part from sukkah. So the question is, how does our Mishnah fit with that? The Mishnah sounds like who's part from the sukkah, a person who's sick. That sounds like a lot worse than just somebody who's, in, uh, who's, who's un- uncomfortable in the sukkah. So Gemara explains that uh, sick is a, is a hatter not only for him, but also for those who are care- his caretaker. But somebody who's not sick, is just mitzdair, that's only him that says an excuse. But uh, even the person who serves him, he's still mechuyim in the sukkah. So that's the difference. Next halacha we talked about in the Mishnah was um, eating Achilles Arai outside the sukkah. We said how much eating qualifies as not, uh, not, not that kind of eating. So that's the question. So Rabbi Yosef says, two or three eggs. So Rabbi asked on that is that some people, that's a full meal. Two or three eggs, you're good to go. So, um, so and then it's a sudas kava. Isn't that a problem? So the Gemara explains. It's like a, a bayi holds. It's less than that. It's the amount of food that a student, rabbinical student, will grab on his way to hear the shear. He doesn't know how next time he's going to eat. So that's what that's about. Um, next thing we talked about is eating, uh, that although eating outside the sukkah, achilles arai is acceptable, but sleeping, even as shinas arai, is not allowed. So even a nap outside the sukkah is not, is not allowed. 
what's the difference? What's, why is this worse? So Gemara explains, because from a little nap can come a big sleep. And that's the problem. As opposed to eating, it's not going to, you know, if you have a snack, it doesn't mean that you can eat a huge meal. But if you have a little nap, that can lead into a full, full-on sleep. And that's the issue. But what's wrong with it? No, you have to sleep in the sukkah. You have to live in the sukkah like you live in your house. So you sleep in your house, you sleep in the sukkah. That's the idea. Okay, so, um, so the question is, um, why is the halacha by tefillin that you are allowed to sleep a, a nap in your tefillin, but uh, just not a permanent sleep, not a full, full-fledged sleep in, in, you know, in your tefillin? Um, why don't we choshesh? Maybe he's going to fall asleep for, you know, for a deep sleep. The answer is, yeah, Rabbi Yosef, the Rabbi says that uh, you, you have someone making sure that, that you don't get into a deep sleep. So Rabbi Shashia says, who's making sure that he doesn't get into a deep sleep to make sure that you don't get into a deep sleep? That's the problem. But now it's not appropriate. You, you might have to sleep with the feeling. You might have a bodily admission. You can, you can no, then we'll get to that. That's what we're talking about. So the Gemara explains that uh, the kind of sleep that you could do in your tefillin is if you put your head down. You're staying in your seat and you're just putting your head down, like, you know, resting your head. That's the kind of sleep. But you're not going to get a very deep sleep on that. And that's why that's different and that is allowed. That's, anyway, bottom line is that's the first talach. That's the first explanation. It's still the fear that you're going to come to a deeper sleep. Shot number two, Rava says, is that is no kva for Shina. Sleeping in general is not, it doesn't work that way that there's like, we don't make a distinction in sleep between a permanent sleep and a temporary sleep when it comes to a sukkah. Any napping also is requiring it to be in the sukkah. Now, we went back to the tefillin. Once we mentioned sleeping in tefillin, so we saw three halachas with regards to tefillin. One is that you can sleep only a shinas arai, like a light nap, but you can get a deep sleep in your tefillin. The other one is that you can uh, both even a, even a full sleep, you can sleep with your tefillin. Um, both uh, uh, and the other one is neither. You can't sleep neither. So what's the? How do we to answer these three? They're contradictory. So the answer is is what they're talking about with your tefillin in different circumstances. If you're holding the tefillin in your hand, so then no sleep allowed is allowed at all because you're likely to drop it in your sleep. So that's one problem. If your tefillin is on your head, then a minor, then a light nap is okay, but a deep sleep not, because you'll have, you'll lose bodily control, and that's prohibited while wearing tefillin. And the third, where it says that you could even have a deep sleep, that's if it's sitting in its, in its, you know, in its, in its bag, your tefillin, it's in its tefillin bag, and you just have it by your head, that's okay, and there's no, there's no worries about it, about that at all. Okay, we did see. Um, that uh, defining Shina Sarai, how much is called a nap. How long of a nap is called only a nap? We said that it's the amount of time that it takes to travel a hundred amas. So pretty short, a very short, like... One sounds minute. like a, what? a minute and a half. A minute and a half, that's what it is. That's how they that's say... That's what takes feet. What? That's a... Oh, 100, 150 100, feet. Yeah. It's a minute and a half. I tell you what, 100 amas, really probably... I'm talking about steps. Steps is not amount. It's a different story. Good. What? You take a hundred steps in a minute and a half? Yeah. No. A hundred <laughs> steps in a minute. You do a hundred steps a minute, usually? Yeah. 
Well, are you racing or are you just a power no, I walking? Just walk. Are they your regular pace is that? Yeah. Hundred steps home. a minute. That's slow, very slow. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's about three miles three miles an hour. Three miles an hour. That's, that's a, a very, that's very, a normal very, walk. Yeah. That's a normal walk. Normal walk. Not so you're two. saying figure about that's probably about right. A step is a is an hour. No, yeah. I would say it's about four hundred yeah. steps. But you see, so it's a minute. So but, one yeah, minute nap. And, Pretty and, interesting. But okay. Amma, it's a different story. Why? How far is an amma is about your step? Your, your, how far? How far apart yeah, do you think you spread your legs? No, because I think it's. It depends on who you talk about. Amma is this. Me, I think it's probably one. Amma is one and a half. Almost, two almost two right. amot. Uh, two amot. Uh, this is an amma. So that's yeah. an amma. So I think that's a, your step is at least an amma. I would say. Okay, anyway. Yeah. All right, there you go. Maybe it's a, a stroll. I don't know how. Yeah, whatever. It, it doesn't yeah. say. Oh, it's not so bad. Does not, oh, so anyway, the point is it's a tiny little nap. That's really what it's saying. Okay. Anyway, we also saw that this halacha, somebody falls asleep in his tefillin, even if he has a bodily emission, so he, take, he takes off his tefillin with the strap, not, not touching the back directly, according to Rabbi Yaakov, according to Chachamim. Um, you can sleep with the Atvillin Shinas Arai, and what is defining Shinas Arai? That's the answer. Okay. Next, we saw is Rav says that the person is not allowed to sleep during the day more than the amount that a horse sleeps. How much does a horse sleep? Nothing. 60 breaths. They do sleep, but they sleep very short, like half an hour. That's all. Um, 60 breaths. Abaye says that Rabba slept barely, slept very little. He slept only half an hour. And that's like his Rebbe Rav, who slept only half an hour. Who's like his Rebbe, Rebbe Yudan Nazi, who had a tradition that that's how much David slept. And that's the, well, these people they, managed without very, very, with very, very little sleep. They were exhausted. What? They were exhausted. No, that was their, they, they trained their body. That's how they did it. Okay. Um, next thing, um, uh, 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 next thing is uh, Abaye. Abaye, he does the opposite. He he slept the amount of the time it takes to travel from Pompadisa to Bekubi. Uh, if you look at the commentaries here, there's like a big range of what that means. But that's a really long nap. And uh, but Rav Yossi was not happy about it. He said, "Well, lazy bones, you're sleeping so much." He didn't think quoted a pasuk Mishlei. It's not appropriate. Okay. Next we saw somebody comes to sleep during the day. Um, if he wants, he should remove his tefillin. Otherwise, you could leave it on. But at night, you must remove your tefillin. And that's Shitas Rabbi Nason. Rabbi Yossi says, if you're young, you always need to remove your tefillin, no matter what. Um, and that's because they're regilin betuma. And we explained that does not mean that it's because they might get a bodily emission, but... We're worried about having them having relations. Remember, these are during the times when people wore tefillin all day, um, all day long. So uh, they can forget that they're wearing tefillin, and um, and they may have relations. And then the halach is that they can't even touch the tefillin strap till they wash their hands first, uh, because most likely their hands touched um, the tummy parts of the body. Okay. That brought us to the Mishnah, and we ended off with the Mishnah. They brought before Rabbi Yechonim and Zakai to taste some food on Sukkot, and Ram Gamliel 
two dates and some water, a container of water, and they said, bring it up to the sukkah, we're not eating outside the sukkah. But Reb Tzadok, when he ate, he ate less than the size of an egg, he washed, he, 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 he picked it up with, a, with a something else, not directly with his hands, and he ate it outside the sukkah, and he did not do an after blessing. And that's the bottom line, and that is where we left off yesterday. I'll take it from here for today's daf.